Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Diana Wiley, your host of Love, Lust, and Laughter. My good friend and colleague, Dr. Lori Buckley, who was here two weeks ago. This is part two. <clears throat> Always a delight to have Dr. Lori with us. Welcome back, Dr. Lori Buckley. Thank you, Dr. Diana, and it's always a pleasure to be here. Of course, I love speaking with you. And it's certainly mutual. That's one reason you're a frequent guest. Uh, your book, 21 Decisions for Great Sex and a Happy Relationship, was especially appropriate on the 11th of January because we were still talking about um, oh, decisions for 2022, and we should be still thinking about that and instead of um, resolutions or whatever, because as we pointed out in the last show, a decision is not something you merely think about. It's something you actually do. So decisions are pretty important. Um, so we're going we're gonna to move on from that, although it's um, a decision to, to talk about. I want to tell people, though, about your YouTube site and your website, um, so you tell us, though, about the YouTube, and, and I did put the, the link for that um, on our last show together. But tell us what you've got up there on YouTube. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for asking, and thanks for putting the link there. It is my YouTube channel where I talk about all things relationships and sex. And, you know, it's something that, you know, like all resources, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or books, the things that we, we know can be useful to people who don't necessarily have the time, the desire, or the, mon or the money to go into therapy. So I really wanted to give people a, a resource, a place to go to get some information. So right now I have about 70 videos. I post them, you know, usually I do a couple of months. And I am always open to hearing people's questions or their comments so I can really answer the questions that people have. But ultimately, it is about helping people have better relationships, a better life, and certainly better sex. And we know the three are very much connected. And very my website uh, yes. is called Stuff of Love, the same name as the, as the YouTube channel, has all kinds of wonderful products and toys to help couples and individuals enjoy their body, enjoy their relationship. So there's a lot of sex toys and just, you know, games and things that people can use to enhance, enhance their relationships and enhance their sex life and enhance their solo play because we know that can be important as well. So that's something that has been a real passion project of mine, and it's a lot of fun because I get to research the toys and find out, you know, what the good things out there are. Like, what are the really wonderful toys? What are the things that, that people are trying and using and liking? And we talked about this before. The technology is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. amazing. Especially the relatively new, uh, I guess the last, couple or three years, suction toys, um, the, especially the clitoral suction. We talked about that on the last show. I just, yeah. I, I think the Lilo Cruiser is phenomenal <laughs> what it can do. It's just Yeah, that, just that's amazing. kind of a Cadillac of the clit suckers. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's also <laughs> smaller ones that have maybe one speed, and they have different speeds and different patterns, and I mean, 
most women, you know, we're all different, right? Everybody has different things that they like, but most women who try them really do like them because there's so many variations and ways to use it. And it really does focus right on the clitoris in a way that no other vibrator can do. So it's specifically made for clitoral stimulation, and we know how important that is for women's sexual pleasure. So they're fun. Yeah, and the way that it, it uh, the technology of it, it provides really deep vibrations that go really deep yeah. and can, I think, can help s- sustain maybe even many orgasms. It, it's, it's very, it's quite, quite, quite the... Uh, Sex toy. Um, you know, I had a question from one of my clients before we started. She said, um, I've gone so long without sex. This was, I was seeing her as an individual. I have no desire to masturbate. Why should I? And mm-hmm. so I answered that researchers have found that women who can successfully masturbate by themselves are much more likely to have more and better orgasms with someone else. And I I wasn't surprised to read that research because 30 years ago, uh, for well, it wasn't quite 30 years ago, but close. Uh, for seven years, I co-ran um, a women's sexuality group where all the women had had sexual trauma, and so this was this was in the early 90s, but. Um, so still relevant. These yeah. women really needed to masturbate first because they were not having orgasms. So masturbation is is important to know how your body works, and um, yeah. And besides that, uh, testosterone and estrogen levels are are boosted with self stimulation. Um, yeah. So what? Yeah, it makes them help. Yeah. How, yeah. T- t- tell us about what you think about masturbation and its and how it contributes to better sex. Well, exactly what you said. And, you know, when we think about the benefits of it, it goes so far. It's not, you know, it's not just knowing our body, but if we don't feel comfortable touching ourselves, you know, it Mm -hmm. makes it very difficult to relax when we're with a partner as well. And, you know, being able to let our partner know what we like and how we like it, feeling comfortable with our body. And I do believe, you know, the old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. There's some truth to that. We think that, well, if we don't have sex or we don't have orgasms, we're actually going to want sex more. We're going to desire sex more. We're going to be hornier. And actually the opposite is true. It's people who are having sex, whether it's by themselves or with a partner, they actually feel more sexual. And I'm going to say more alive and more energetic. It's that sexual energy that, that creates an aliveness, a youthfulness. Uh, it's, it's something that is, it's not necessarily tangible, but it's there. So I believe that if we're not in a partnership and we you know, don't have the desire to have sex, that that is something that feeds itself and look at it's a personal choice i do have clients who as much as i tell them there are benefits they're like no way no how not going to do it don't want to do it will never do it that's their choice you know we have to honor people's choices but i always say i want you to make an informed choice so to give them the information of the benefits of orgasms whether it's through self-pleasure or with partner sex is important and then people get to make their own decision right Speaking of decisions. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
very well said. And, and I think, remember, you know, once I sometimes say, once you've discovered the real joy is the flying solo, you'll realize you'll never be alone. I mean, you it's kind of a... I love that. Of, yes, yes. Like Betty Dotson exactly. said, you know, you, it'll take... Masturbation is the one thing you can count on, and it'll take you through lots of stages in your life, including old age. I have to tell you that just yesterday, there was a show, uh, well, there is a show called Daily Blast Live. Are you familiar with it? It's, I'm not. Mm-mm. Well, it runs in the early afternoon and again at 7.30 at night, and um, it's got a really wonderful uh panel of people who are highly educated and right around 40 and and yesterday they published and it was from the wall street journal i've got to track down uh that particular article but they just they put up on the screen for for uh, they said let's talk to our grandfather or our grandmother about sex because they have the experience and i just love this so they posted from the Wall Street Journal, the senior sex four tips. Seniors say, number one, spontaneity is overrated. Number Over- two, yeah. overrated. Spontaneity, yes, yes. in other words, it's okay to plan. <laughs> Be intentional about your date night or your sex night. Um, right, I agree. And then, yeah, and number two, take your time. Oh, aren't we always telling people to slow down? Yeah, to be in the moment, to slow down. Number three, accept, then adapt. Now, of course, older people often have to adapt. Uh, be it once they accept whatever is going on, they have to adapt because they may have some physical limitations yeah. or whatever. Adapt to change. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's wisdom yeah, in all of adapt. those words, right? That's the one thing we, we well, I we get many things with, with age, and I don't think wisdom is automatic necessarily. Uh, no, but it it's can not. come with it, its age and experience. Yeah. The fourth point was be active, not passive. I think these rules are good for any age, really. Be active, right. not passive, meaning... Speak up. You've got to figure out what you want first, and that's back to masturbation. That can often be helpful. To, to, so you can tell your partner how you like to be stimulated. Um, but be active, not passive. A small study of some 500 men said that they, uh, what they wanted most um, was um, a woman who was enthusiastic and would mm-hmm. occasionally initiate. Yep, and that, that definitely and, is true. Don't you find that? Yeah, yeah. In your practice, because, yeah. yeah, we do, be active, not passive. And and if a woman is initiating, that means yeah, she's into it, and she has. And he's feeling she, desired, right? She yes, yes, and and. Um, you know, men are really turned on when a woman is really turned on. That's most most women, most men really want their partner's pleasure. They get off on it. Yes. It's their biggest turn on. The biggest turn on for a man, generally speaking, is a turned on woman. And going back to what we were saying before, how does a woman be turned on? How does she connect to her 
sexual excitement or her desire, her sexual desire, self-pleasure is a great way to do that. It really is to kind of get all of your juices flowing, to, to connect to your sexual feelings and excitement. It doesn't take away from you wanting sex. It actually adds to it. I, re- I really do believe yeah, that. I know um, it adds to it. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but people are, are worried. Now, I think you have a wonderful um, stuff of love, love, stuff of love, uh, so many sex toys, and that's where I found my, with your advice, my favorite sex toy in the world, the Lilo Cruiser. But the advantage of your Stuff of Love website, now with some, what did you tell me, 300 products? Three, I think it's, well, I think it's like, it's almost 3,000. So that's what I meant to say. I, I got 100,000, 3,000. <laughs> Well, I wanted initially to only have a few products that I really chose, but I realized, who am I to to choose people's sex choice? But what I I do have, although I think it's still in process, I don't know if it's working exactly quite yet, but um, I'm creating right now a specific section that's called, well, right now it's called Dr. Lori's Faves. It might be Dr. Lori Recommends, but I, I will have a specific section that I'm working on creating right now of my favorite toys and why they're my favorite toys and the ones that I recommend. So they still can have that option, but you know, there's a lot of toys that I don't necessarily love or, um, or recommend, but I have a lot of people who like them or people who might be looking for that sort of thing. So I decided to expand it just to give people different options and choices, but still be able to give them, you know, my thoughts or my recommendations about the toys that that are kind of a sure thing, but you know, we're all different. So sometimes it's just looking at the descriptions can help you decide, you know, not everybody likes clitoral stimulation, even though we can say, you know, what is it? uh, Three quarters of women need direct clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm or experience an orgasm. There are women who don't like clitoral stimulation with the vibrator. And so they might like penetration. They might like a dildo or they might like a butt plug or, you know, there's a lot of different variations, including different games and different books and lots of ways that we can really enhance our sex life, our relationships, or again, our own self-pleasure. Just so many different fun options in that way. But, you know, I have to say, because it's important that we talk about this too, because I actually made a video called should I quit my vibrator? And that's on stuffoflove.com, which sort of goes against what we're saying. And what I like to say is there's absolutely nothing wrong with a vibrator. As a matter of fact, it can be wonderful. Uh, and, you know, some women are, or men are concerned about the vibrator. It's like, oh, are you going to ruin your clitoris? Are you going to not be able to have orgasms or experience sexual pleasure in any other way if you're so used to having a vibrator? And the answer is no, you know, that does, it doesn't, negatively impact your clitoris or your sexual pleasure. But I do believe that it's important to vary it up, not to get stuck in doing something just one way, to explore other ways to experience sexual pleasure. So, you know, not using your vibrator and just using, you know, your hands or a pillow or whatever it is you might want to use can also be, I think, really important to your sexual pleasure to expand the ways that you either just feel good or have orgasms. So it can add to your sexual experience as well. So not just relying on one thing. Yeah. Right. What do you think? Explore and expand. 
Um, yes. Nina Hartley, who is apparently still doing uh, MILF, uh, well, not during the pandemic, but but Nina Hartley is over 50 and has done a lot of, uh, she's done thousands of films over the years. And I remember many years ago reading in Playboy magazine that she, she gave some pretty good advice to the guy. She said, don't date a woman who doesn't masturbate because she doesn't really know her body that well and her sexual response that well. So she was very adamant about that. A woman needs to touch herself, know her responses, and then be able, ideally, to be able to tell her partner what really turns her on. Hmm. I think there's a lot of truth in that. I wouldn't make a blanket statement about it, but I'm going to say yeah, certainly yeah. Um, the odds are much, much better. We'll go with that. <laughs> that she feels comfortable yes. also with her yes. own body, touching her body. So there's also yes. a, a freedom and a confidence in that. You know, there's there's a lot to be said for, for that. And Nina Hartley is, she's fantastic. Her her videos are so informative and so good, so you know, I love all the things she has to say and, and pretty much agree with it. So she, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, she does. And you know what you're talking about, too. So I really like your Stuff of Love website. And um, you can shop there and get Dr. Lori's uh, write-up. Well, it's going to be even be more expanded here shortly, right? Uh, Work in progress, uh, yeah, but you can go on there yeah. now and you can find a lot of good stuff for sure. A lot of I've good been stuff. having fun. So, yeah. Find a lot of good stuff. And then I think, you know, like Julius Caesar, you can say, then, Veni, Vidi, Visa. I came, I saw, I shopped. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love it. I that love leads it. me to talk, because that's Julius Caesar. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, I, I do want to talk about female orgasms, which are greatly promoted by the sex toys, but let's go ahead to Italy, because you're going to go there again in March. You're just about fluent, or maybe you are already fluent in Italian. And um, so I'd like to talk a, a little bit about um, your, your time in Italy and um, also... I suggested that you read a book that I read in 1969. It's a classic called The Italians. Yes, and, and I bought it, and I have it, but I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. I will. I will. I you, uh, thank you for the reminder, because I do yeah. that. I buy these books. I, well, I, I don't know. Who else is guilty of this, right? I'm like, oh, I want to read that book. I have to get it right away, and then I, I have it on my nightstand and you know, with 10 other books, and then I... I eventually read them, but uh, the reminder know. is important. And I there know. was something that you were attracted to about this book. What was it? Well, I spent the uh, part of the summer of 1969 living with an Italian family right in this beautiful oceanside, lovely resort area called Torvianica outside of Ostia. And, um, mm-hmm. and so... I, and I was, uh, I had studied Spanish in school, but not Italian. So, but there was able to, because I was there in Italy, I was able to speak some Italian. But this really handsome, lovely Italian man. So there we are. We're both in our 20s. And uh, we would go out on dates carrying an Italian English uh, dictionary. <laughs> but uh, what I really, he was, he was a wonderful lover, and for the first time, 
because I was still young, I discovered that you could have good sex with somebody that you didn't have an well an intellectual <laughs> connection you didn't with. Talk to. <laughs> we didn't really talk. We couldn't talk in any depth about anything. Right, but it was right. still so not verbal hot. communication, but a lot of nonverbal communication, right? Yes, and and um, what I read somewhere, and I don't remember at the time asking Claudio. I still remember his name. He was he cried when I left. I was embarrassed. You know, the um, Italian men are are often so, quite emotional. Yes, but yes. But one thing that Italian men do apparently, many of them who are who are single and consider themselves Italian stallions, but they share with other guys ways to pleasure a woman. And they don't do it like a lot of American men apparently do, which is kind of like bragging. Uh, The bravado thing, yeah. The bravado thing, yeah. But the Italian men will actually share what, what it takes to really pleasure a woman. And I think that's lovely, you know, share the wealth. And the Italians, yes. the book by Luigi Barzini, he, and I, I'm going to say this, and I would love for you to, to expand on it. So he says um, Italians tend to only trust what they can experience firsthand. So, well, we just talked about Italian lovers. But also fashion. They can see it. They can wear it. Milan, the beautiful fashion. Opera. Mm. They can experience. They can hear it. And yeah. cuisine. They can experience it. They can taste it. <laughs> and also Italian. Is, basically. Italy has also been just, you know, terrible at politics and corruption. And, <laughs> but mm. they do trust these and they excel in these other areas, Right. Yeah, and it, it is its sensuality. It's the, the music, the art, the wine, the food, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's the fashion. It's, it's all of that. The language, it's just beautiful, right? The way, and and they're very mm. aware of of the language. It's like, especially if you're talking about, you know, like in Florence or Tuscany, it's it's it's, it's almost like it's like sing song. You know, it, it it flows in a certain way, and it's and it's beautiful. And you know, I think everybody should go to Italy. And some people go, well, I can't afford to go to Italy. Not everybody can afford to go to Italy, and that's true. But it's not necessarily an expensive thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people sometimes mm-hmm. think travel is now travel is a little bit difficult, of course, but it's not necessarily expensive. You know, you can go there, you can find a cheap flight, very doable. You rent a, a room or an apartment, which is, I always rent an apartment. I don't stay in a hotel and it's, it's very affordable. It's, it's surprisingly affordable. And depending on where you go, you know, if you go to, to Florence or Rome, it could be expensive, the food, but you know, even then I think you can find food that isn't, but I find it's actually much less expensive, uh, the food in Italy. When I go out to restaurants or buy wine, it's, it's much less expensive than it is here, at least in California. So it's doable, but why do I think it's important? It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of being. And I, you know, I've been going to Italy almost every year for, I don't know, a long time, a long time. And, uh, one of the reasons I go is because it just reminds me what's important and how to live. And I think in some ways that's what COVID has done for a lot of us. You know, we don't have to always be going and doing it's, you know, just to kind of relax and enjoy the, the wonderful things in life, you know, people, relationships, food, 
wine, um, <laughs> you know, but yes. uh, just, you know, taking walks, like all of the, the simple things, beauty and, and gratitude and simplicity. And that's, that's what Italy represents for me. You know, it's, it's, it's walking everywhere and the beauty and, you know, sitting down and having a, an amazing meal and listening to the music and, and the art and all of what that entails and the people. I mean, the people are, are yes. really fun. And, um, you know, they're very different than they are here. But we don't have to go to Italy to have that lifestyle. We can, you know, we can incorporate that into our lives. And I, I do believe strongly that that's what a lot of people, you know, the whole great resignation, which some people are calling the great realization, which I love that reframe to it, where. Yeah, realization COVID, and. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go I'm, this is this is very good because I think that COVID and the whole thing has just changed a lot of our our ways. Yeah, but so Life say that short. again. We don't say, need to be stressing out, right? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, that you that you can. So the realization. Just say that one more time because I think that's a very good um, phrase. Yeah, so people are quitting their jobs, they're claiming the great resignation, but it, you know, in fact, people are realizing what's important, what's not important, and how yes. they want to live their lives, and knowing, like, we don't know how long we have on this planet, and, you know, living every day and enjoying not just the, the day, but people, you know, and really appreciating the people in our lives and showing them we care, and, you know, there's also a lot of friendships that have ended. It's like, you know what, I realized that, yeah, this wasn't, uh, you weren't there, or, you know, it wasn't really something that was adding to my life. But we find out who did show up and who has mm-hmm. been in our life during these hard times. And so the friendships that we have now, I believe we're choosing more, um, we're being more discerning about the people who we have in our life or the way that we're spending our life. So no more do we want to drive two hours in traffic to get to a job where we're working our butts off and not being appreciated um, or miserable. So, you know, I think it's an important lesson. And I I do feel that, you know, I suppose there's some, you know, I'm romanticizing Italy a little bit. But it is a romantic place. And, you know, romance, it's just this idea of creating, I think, an authentic and beautiful and present life. You know, it's, it's something we think about decisions. It's not just a decision we make, but we make decisions every moment, every day about are we going to do this or are we going to do that? What is congruent or... Um, beneficial for the things that we truly want in our lives and that's that's the important piece and so Italy is just one of those those really beautiful places of course they you know people struggle there and things aren't all perfect and wonderful there either no Uh, but there is a, a, a simplicity and um a beauty there I think that sometimes we might struggle to to experience here in the hustle and bustle you're uh Real love, your genuine love of Italy, and your your efforts to become um, to speak the language fluent, fluently um, reflect. I think have informed, did inform your decision to move from Pasadena to Napa. Yes. And yeah, and because it's Napa has like the there's Italy. some parallels. Yeah. There's some real parallels between Napa and Italy, don't you think? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. It really is sort of the Italy of America. That's how it feels. I've heard other people say that, but it's interesting. I didn't realize it. I had a friend come visit me. Maybe it was you. Um, (laughs) Somebody said, oh, I see why you moved to Napa. It's just like being in Italy, and it's true. Uh, So there is something about it. It's the the simplicity of life. It's the beauty. And, yes, there's the vineyards and the, oh, my God, it's just so beautiful, you know, to be able to drive around here. It's a, it's it's a wonderful it, thing for sure, and the land really is. I love it. Really is. First, yeah, I think it's fun to be able to go to Italy and speak the language. But like, just think about like some things you could say to your lover. Here's some words, some phrases that everybody can learn that you can say to your lover tonight that sound better in Italian. So here's a simple one: you could say "bacimi." Now, what does "bacimi" mean? "Bacimi" means probably kiss means kiss me. me. Yeah, kiss me sounds good, but bachimi sounds a little bit sexier. Um, yeah. Or you could say I love you, or you could say, and I think everybody knows how to say I love you in Italian, ti amo, you know, or io ti amo, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it just sounds, it just, oh, how about ti voglio? You know what that means? Ti voglio means I want you. Oh, I, I love that one. partner and say, Tivoglio. <laughs> Tivoglio mm. oh, I want you now. Um, you know, so it's just it just sounds sexier. <laughs> so you it does. All of those I mean that's why that's why they've always said Italian is the language of romance, right? I mean the real language. Well, it, somebody was comparing the different languages and and they they said German was the language you use with your horses. <laughs> Italian with your what? <laughs> Uh, German you use with your horses. Some guy years ago said this. He, you use it with your horses. Italian with yeah. your lovers. Uh, French. Oh, what was? Uh, I you know I can't. French was yeah. also French very is romantic sexy too. But I like I do prefer Italian. But French is. French is pretty sexy, but I, I was a German linguist once, and um, <laughs> prior life I was a German linguist. And to say I love you in German is ich liebe dich. <laughs> so it's not, it's not quite as, to me, to my ears, it's not quite as lovely as ti amo. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not to, nothing against the Germans. Um, I love Germany. And the mm. Germans. I actually oh, not at all. Too, but, not yeah. at all. But the fact is, yeah, yeah. you are... Speaking a very uh, romantic language. So, um, romance is, Valentine's Day is coming up, uh, and uh, I think we're going to talk, because we're Italian, Italians are romantic, so let's just talk a little bit about romance. Um, Do you want to talk about how you define romance? Or yeah, some well, of the elements I mean, of romance? About, I, I think, you know, romance, it's funny because, you know, I have some clients, so they'll say, oh, I wish my partner were ro- more romantic. And that can yeah. mean different things to, to everybody. Like, what is romance? So some people think of the sort of the cliche, right? It could be, oh, lit candles and music, and, and that can be romantic. It is, it is very subjective. And even Valentine's Day, I think to talk about Valentine's Day, some people just, they do not like it. It's a commercialized holiday. It means nothing. It's just a way for restaurants to make money and flower shops and chocolate stores to make money. And it really is like it's ridiculous. We should love each other every day. You know, so there's a lot of people who, who hate it. They just don't like it. And then there are people like myself who love Valentine's Day. 
Day. I love yeah. Valentine's Day. And, you know, there are people when they're single, they feel they feel bad, right? They feel bad because, you know, it's a day of love and maybe they don't have a partner. But I can say that, you know, it, it is whatever you want it to be. If it's not important to you and you're alone, well, great, don't worry about it. Um, if it is important to you and you're alone, you can choose to celebrate love by yourself. Uh, it could be self-pleasure. It could be making yourself a nice dinner. Um, if you're feeling sad, allow yourself to feel sad. Watch a romantic movie and cry and, you know, make it yes. a, a goal of yours if you don't want to be single to, you know, have this be your last Valentine's Day single and next year, you know, you're going to find a, you know, work on finding a partner. And if you're in a relationship, have this conversation with your partner. What does it mean to you? Is Valentine's Day important to you? You know, tell me why. Tell me what would be an ideal Valentine's Day or what does romance mean to you? These are great conversations to have. And if one person it's important to and the other person it isn't, I'm going to say, you know, you've got nothing to lose if you are the person who doesn't like it or care about it but your partner does, you've got nothing to lose by finding out what your partner would like or what would make them feel happy or loved in that particular occasion. If they say, I love, you know, I would love to get flowers or candy or to be taken out, you know, honestly, you, you, again, nothing to lose by doing that. If you stick to your position of it's a stupid holiday and it means nothing to me, so we're not going to do anything, I'm going to say you're missing an opportunity. An opportunity, that's right. You say nothing <laughs> yeah. to lose and maybe a whole lot to gain. And I love some of the games that people can play. And you've created a wonderful game that you have on Stuff of Love. Can you, can you talk about that? Because it helps yeah, people I slow down and focus on the relationship. I, I, I'm really proud of this card deck I created called CPR. For love, yep. which stands for connection, passion, and romance. And so, again, what does romance mean? What is you know what 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 is how do we connect? What does passion mean? And so it's a it's a card deck, and there's three different sections, and they're all color based. So you can mix them all up and just pick from the cards however you want, or you can focus on connection, which is just asking each other very interesting questions to learn more about each other. And by the way, you can do this even if you've been married for many 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 years, because there's always new things to learn. Because we're always changing. oh yes. Um, and then if you want some romance, there's some cards that will give you some romantic things to do. So these are, these are romantic gestures and things that you can do. It'll give you some ideas. And the passion is all about sex. These are trying different fun sexual things. And so, you know, you can do it in order. You can do the connection and then the romance and then the passion. Or, again, you can just choose to focus on just, you know, one or all of them. So it's, it's a really great resource, I believe, for couples. And I, I, I wrote and designed every single card myself. And uh, that's just one example. There's so many great games. I mean, you're going to have the guy who created um, An Enchanted Evening on your, on your show. Exactly. That's right, Michael Jonas, who, who created yes. An Enchanted, along with his wife, Barbara. And that, that's a real kind of classic in the field of romantic games because yes. they, they it, like 40 years ago is when they first came out with it, and it sold almost a million uh, units. Um, so, but I'll be talking about that with, with Michael Castleman. No, with but Michael another, Jonas. No, yeah. <laughs> Michael Castleman, he's another great person. But yeah, but he's another great, great person, person, sizzling sex. Yes. But Michael Jonas, um, and that'll be the... Um, 
8th of February. We'll talk oh, about that's that. Gonna be. Yeah, but that's I love I love your CPR game. It's it's very simple, and it really gets conversations going, and that's what we want. And and you can um, play it at a rest. You can bring it to a restaurant. It's a small little deck of cards that you can do anywhere. You know, I like that idea of bringing it to a restaurant, although mm-hmm. with the Omicron variant, at least for now, where a lot of us are not, well, in colder places, we're not so likely to sit outside, and there is some danger of sitting inside. Just for now, it'll probably ease up because it yeah. seems like, yeah. But I like it. I like it that it's, because cause I'm always suggesting a, a date night, at least once a week, ideally, and um, and I'm always saying to my couples, especially ones with children, do not talk about your children. Do not talk about your work when you're out yes. on your date night, or even if you're at home with your date night, which is this whole second chapter of my book, Love in the Time of Corona, is your date planning your date night at home. But do not talk about your relationship. And your game CPR can absolutely get you focused in on your relationship. And, um, yeah, there are people who talk, but they don't actually communicate, and it's real easy, and, you know, not to shame anybody, because life is tricky. It's complicated. There's a lot of responsibilities, and we have jobs and mortgages and kids. It's really difficult not to talk about those things. They, they can take up a lot of time, and we don't always have a lot of time to spend together. So that's why I love what you're saying that a date night, or I like to call it a play date because it may not be at night. Um, yeah, but, play you know, date is better. That's, yeah, that's good. That's the time not to talk about the things that we talk about all the time. It, it's like it's dating in the sense of if you remember what it was like when you actually dated before you were married or before you've been together for a long time, that place of curiosity and adventure. And remember how exciting it was when you first meet somebody, if, if you hit it off, right? Sometimes you go on a date, and it's like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? But if it's something yeah. that you connect yeah, with, yeah. it's so exciting to get to, you know, learn more about them and for them to be interested in you. We want people who are interested in us, right, who want to hear all of our our hopes and our dreams and our desires and all of that. It's so much fun. And I think it's even more important when you've been together with somebody for a while to have those kinds of conversations because they don't generally happen organically anyways. Absolutely. They don't generally happen organically. And I I wanted to share with um, you and our listening audience, um, oh, just three love Love building exercises, um, and mm-hmm. the first one is two is one, and this is where you, this so this is more for a long-term relationship, right, building the love. So you start with embracing each other gently, and then as you begin to sense your partner's breathing and gradually try to synchronize your breathing with his or hers, and after a few minutes you might feel that the two of you have merged, so it's getting your breathing synced up. Yeah. So two is one is the first one. The second one that I want to mention is soul gazing. And this is where you stand or sit about two feet away from each other and you look deeply into each other's eyes and you try to look at the very core of your beings. And you do this for about two minutes and then talk about what you saw. I mean, the discussions Ooh. after any exercises are very important. I, 
I love that, Diana. I've never heard the talking about what you saw. That's fantastic. I'm going to uh, try that with my with my clients. I've never had them actually do that part. That's so important. I've, I've never yes. thought of that. I always learn something well, when I speak with you. Good. Well, I always learn something when I talk to you. That's one of the <laughs> uh, high points of our friendship. <laughs> and sometimes it's learning the best makeup to use. <laughs> that's all oh, in hair care. I got a lot from you about that, but that's another conversation <laughs> off there. Yes. And then the third the third love building exercise that I wanted to share is the mind reading game. And this requires, I think that you know your partner pretty well, but so here's the mind reading game is this, you write down a thought that you want to convey to your partner. You write it down and then you spend a few minutes wordlessly trying to broadcast that thought to him or her as he or she tries to guess what it is. Without and words. If he or she, yeah, and yeah, without words. And if she, if he or she cannot guess, you reveal what you were thinking, and then you switch roles. Another opportunity, though, for discussion. <laughs> and you didn't fun. guess what I was it thinking. Like Let's fun. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's so good, so. and that's a simple thing that you could do again when you're out to dinner on your, you know, your date night or your play date. That you know, just to add a little, a little adventure, a, a little more fun without doing the, you know, the same old, same old. It's so important. I love that. These are, those are great exercises, great ideas. And um, it really is just having a new thing to try, right? A new thing to try. And I, I, um, I wanted to have some new things that for women that I, we're switching topics greatly here, but in the time that we have left, I'd really like to talk some about female orgasms because it's a big area. Of, I mean, don't you still get a lot of women who are orgasmed challenged? They're they're just they're having some challenges, and so um, yeah, I yeah. I think there are. I just wanted to discuss a few points that 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 I'm sure that will be on the same page. Um, mm-hmm. As far as foreplay, and we all know that how important that is. But some of the brain stuff is pretty important. We're, so you're, you're the foreplay, you're kissing, you're caressing, and what happens is your nervous system starts taking notes and fires feel-good messages through a web of nerves that weave their way through your pelvis and up to your brain. And this early stage is where a lot of women get tripped up because they can't silence the voices in their head. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, let's see. When did I last have a bikini wax? Oh, am I prepared for the 8 a.m. meeting? So all of these things um, are going through their heads, and it keeps them away from focusing on the sensations that they're experiencing. So to keep your mind from wandering out of the bedroom and out of the moment, uh, I think it, it, this is something that can really help women. You zero in on one of your senses, just one. So you focus on, for example, the smell of his skin. You might mm. relish the feeling of his hands on your body. Maybe you concentrate on how he tastes while you're kissing. So, uh, so you see in each of those cases we're focusing on one sensation. Right. And, yeah. and it can help. It can help stay 
it can help the woman stay mindful. It's such a great suggestion. I love how you're saying just one thing. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's, it's great guidance. Um, really good suggestion. And you know, the other thing that really trips, I, I think, men and women up. Uh, well, I'm going to say for female orgasms, is the the focus on her as quote unquote achieving an orgasm like it's this achievement like he's trying or she's trying I you know I, I don't want to be you know heterocentric centric here, but um, yeah. we'll say with a male and female partner where he is trying to give her an orgasm. So she is trying to have an orgasm and there's such a focus on that, that that is also being in your head gets in the way. So it's important that, that the partner is also not focused on that because we sense it, you know, and when the, when we are experiencing our own pleasure or our sensations and that's why that suggestion you made is such a good one. Just focusing on one thing, which is the experience of it, the sensation of it that gets us out of our head, but our partners can also do that. That's going to help a lot instead of, you know, us feeling obligated or pressured to achieve an orgasm or have an orgasm. It, I think it's one of the, the big things that really interferes. It's sort of ironically, right? But it really does interfere with our pleasure trying to experience pleasure uh, it's it's so true and and uh, there are a lot of women that will even fake an orgasm which is a really bad idea but they yes, fake it because they're worried that their partner is becoming impatient that they're taking too long to reach orgasm yeah. and that they want to please their partner or they feel yeah. ashamed that they feel there's something wrong with them because they're not, or they just want to get it over with sometimes, you know, sometimes they, I know they it's not going to stop until I, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh God, yeah. which means that they're not really enjoying it. Right. They're not enjoying it. They're trying to have an orgasm. It's going to be not very pleasurable. They just want to get it done with. So they, they, the only way out that they know of, um, you know, is to is to fake the orgasm, and what ends up happening is there's never that space for that true pleasure to happen. And then what happens? All of our sexual desire starts to get shut down, and we start having less and less, and at some point maybe no sex. And so it's it's a pattern that we want to really stop right away. It's generally younger people who um, younger women. In my, in my experience, that are the ones that kind of do that. I think when women start to hit their 40s and above, they're like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get my needs met. I'm not going to focus on faking something to make him happy. I'm just going to speak up. And I think we, we become more confident uh, and I'm going to say maybe assertive to be able to speak truthfully in that way as we get I, older. But I think there's a lot of young women who are also able to do that. But, you know, it's just something to yeah. to keep Well, I was yeah. not able to as a younger woman. And uh, I was not able to convey, because I, I still was sorting out what I really wanted and needed, I guess, in my 20s. Yeah. And I was, I, was, I was caught up in that. Uh, I want to please the man. And Oh, my goodness, I think I thought that he might know more about my body than I did. Oh, was I ill-informed. <laughs> right, or there's something <laughs> wrong with us. I know, I was the same thing. It's like, oh, what's wrong with me? Um, yeah. We're self-conscious about our bodies, whereas we get older, it's like, you know, we, I think we have to go to acceptance because otherwise we're going to be in big trouble, you know. <laughs> so, well, just like so there's the a senior freedom. people yeah. said, you know, accept, then adapt. 
and yes. and um, it's so liberating. You know, things. Once I hit forty, things got really much so so much better because of the confidence and my speaking mm-hmm. what I wanted, and and not having these delusions about a man being so knowledgeable about a man doesn't know he's got your particular things. He's got to know you've got to speak up and say uh, what it is. And because when a woman is turned on, then her nerves communicate to her brain that it's time to increase blood flow. So there are all these things happening because of your brain and your, your genitals <laughs> communicating because the more engorged a woman is, the more sensitive she becomes to a man's touch or another woman's touch. And it causes the brain, it, no, it causes the nerves to fire back to the brain to pump more blood. So this creates an increasingly pleasurable loop. We're just mm-hmm. we're learning so much more we have now for quite some time, but about the brain and the connection, uh, the connections. It's so important, and it really yeah. highlights we, the necessity for us to slow down. Haven't we said right. that? If we allow times? ourselves that, that space and we're not in our heads, like you said, that's the thing that stops all of that flow. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to wait until you're in your, you know, your 30s or your 40s or your 50s. Uh, it just becomes easier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can do that at any time. And, I mean, I'm going to say most of the people I talk to and certainly, you know, personally, even though I had a lot of sex in my 20s and I thought it was good sex, it, it's mm-hmm. nothing compared to the way I experience sex now. It just it just gets better and better and better. If you do it right, I always say it mm-hmm. does get better. And we become more knowledgeable, more confident, more assertive. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And there's no reason to wait until you're older. It becomes easier, but anybody can, anybody can do that. And, you know, if you watch porn, that's another thing, right? If we watch any porn, which most of us have or do, uh, we, we think that's the way we're supposed to act, right? We're supposed to Mm -hmm. immediately, or even read erotica, even 50 shades of gray, which I think was a great book for a lot of reasons. It sort of freed women up to talk about these things or to think about what exactly turns them on. I mean, there were some problems with it too, but you know, in, in, you know, he goes, I always give the example I give this one in the elevator, he stuck his finger inside my vagina and spun it around. And I, I basically exploded in orgasm, you know, so now that's read not going to happen. <laughs> No, but so we think that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be thrown against the wall and immediately go to intercourse and, and scream and scratch his back and, you know, do all these crazy things. And if we think that's what sex looks like and we, we try to emulate that, we're, <laughs> men or women, you know, it's problematic, right? We always say uh, Michael Castleman, I think, is the one who, who said, you know, we don't, we don't watch uh, car chases to learn how to drive a car. It's meant for entertainment, right? Not education. So we need to know the difference. It's exciting and, and it's, you know, it's sexy and it's arousing, but not education. But if we don't know what real sex looks like, how do we, how could we, unless we've had a lot of experience with it. And even then, depending on the experience we're having, like you said, with these men who they act like they know, maybe they've had a lot of sex. Maybe they're, much older we think they know but like you said perfectly well 
they don't know us. They don't know what we like or how we like or need to be touched in any moment. We have to communicate. We have to show them. There's no way they can know that. They can't read our minds. Yeah, it's uh, like going on a treasure hunt without any clues. You can't count <laughs> yeah. on your you can't count on your partner reading your mind and your body, please. Right? Um, yeah. They can they, be tuned, they, which is nice, but yeah, still not enough. Yeah, the porn is a problem. Uh, porn is a problem. It's certainly uh, Mike uh, Michael Castleman points out, and he's done this for years, that men would be much better off if they would put porn aside and bring out the massage oil <laughs> and mm-hmm. and yes and give your partner a really good massage and we all have better sex when we're relaxed and if you don't have a partner use a sex toy and read erotica or just tune in to all of the sensations you don't even have to necessarily read erotica but you've got to tune in and be mindful and notice the sensations and breathe more breathe more oh and slow down your breathing relax your body and again we're not doing that when we're tensing up when we're trying to have an orgasm if you just slow down your breathing and relax your body and a little fantasy is okay too you know um Mm -hmm. you know to just have fun enjoy your own body your own desires why not you know why you not what is I, I have a great i have some really good quotes in my book and i don't remember them um but there's some really good ones that i have at the beginning of every chapter but you know i know you do let me like, see if i can find one i got your about book right masturbation here. what actually uh, i hate to have woody allen in there nowadays but um <laughs> i know so uh, let's see um Billy tomlin i'm looking at your book now tomlin? yeah there's some good um, ones well, I, I like something about the, loving yourself. Yeah. Oh, masturbate. You got Lily Tomlin here. Yes, we have Lily reason Tomlin's to I believe that man first walked upright to free his hands from masturbation. Lily Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the series. Um, my husband and I have been catching up on it. Um, Grace and Frankie with uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Oh, and, I love it. And, and they sell vibrators. Yes. Yes, and they're selling vibrators for older women that are ergonomically uh, built so that the older yes. woman can handle it <laughs> yes. as she yes. masturbates. And it's it's really, you know, there are lots of women that have orgasms because of because of masturbation and the sex toys, and they don't have a partner. And this is so good for them to to do this, and good for their it's, immune system and everything else to have so orgasms. Yes, and if and if, if if there's any women out there who have not had an orgasm, the the easiest way, at least initially, is to use a vibrator. See what that feels like, so you get an understanding of what this sensation is. Because I have women who I'm sure you've had this, or they they say, I don't know if I've had an orgasm. Like they're not so sure. Yeah. And some people say, Well, if you had one, you'd know. Not necessarily. You know, I think um, when we first have an orgasm, it might not be because we don't know how to really like really lean into or just experience what's happening in our body it might feel more like a sneeze like it's just a very quick kind of a a different we have different depths and and um, sensations when we have our orgasms and that's one thing I found as I got older the quality of my orgasms has has changed has evolved Um, so sometimes they can be really small and short we don't know how to 
how to fully like experience it and and um I guess that's the best way to say it. Like just fully lean into it. I, I don't know, how would you say it? It's hard to articulate. Um well I think yes, it is hard to articulate, but I think um we need to feel uh, we need to feel very safe uh, in the relationship mm-hmm. in order because the brain is built for survival and procreation. That's evolutionary, right? Survival yeah. and procreation. So when you're having sex, even if it's not to procreate, your brain mm-hmm. gets the green light to orgasm when no danger or worry is present. A woman has to feel safe, and she yes. can't be distracting herself with all kinds of worries. She must be in the moment. She must be able to let go and totally trust her partner. And, uh, you know, a committed relationship is um, it shows that you're taking this relationship to another level, and it may really help a woman reach orgasm, too. And you know what? I always go as far as to say when we're having um, obligatory sex or sex that we don't really want because we need to make them happy or we think that's what we should do, we are creating trauma to our body because we're not, it's, it's not, our body isn't releasing. It's, 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 in a, it's in a place where it's automatically for survival. Like, you know, something's inserted in our vaginas and we're not sufficiently aroused. We're, we're having obligatory sex. I do believe that there's some kind of, Maybe it's a, you know, trauma with a small T, but what happens is our body automatically tightens up. It automatically responds, and it's not a good thing in the long run. It can be really problematic for having an enjoyable, sustainable sex life. That's a whole thing. Very whole true. Well, once again, yeah. Dr. Laurie, we've, we're coming to the end but we've uh, of the show, but, boy, I think we've had a good discussion, and I hope... I hope that the listeners feel like it too. That uh, uh, and there's the music. A fly so. on the wall of one of our our normal conversations. These are things we talk about. <laughs> you and I, I love it, and I can talk to you for hours and hours and enjoy every oh, single moment. Me to you, and um, we'll do it again because because you are so informative and fun and. Just love you, Dr. Lori. Thank you. You'll be back. back. Gotcha, Dr. Diana. Take care. Thank you again for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. And everybody, I'll be back in two weeks. Bye-bye. <laughs>